0: Hello and welcome to the Daniel Muggleton podcast. I'm Daniel Muggleton. I'm the guy. Uh, this is this is episode three, and it's the first time I will not be joined by another person. Uh, I apologize for that. I did record a fantastic interview with uh, episode one's Dane Simpson. That's right, double Danes. Uh, he's coming back. He was in town. I would not let him escape uh, without jumping on the pod again. But I wanted to. I wanted to get in. Quickly, Just Cause, there's a lot going on, but I didn't want you, you, my loyal listeners, to miss out. Uh, I've, got, I've got my last three shows of the White and Wrong Tour this weekend. Uh, Friday night in Wollongong at the Side Door Theatre. Saturday night in Canberra at Smith's Alternative. There's only like 20 tickets left for that. And then the big one, the filming, two shows back-to-back at the Metro Theatre in Sydney. That's that's my next comedy special. That will become my next comedy special. All the tickets are available on my website, www.danielmuggleton.com.au. At one point, I had the .com, but I let it lapse. <laughs> and now I'm stuck with .au. Tied to Australia uh, digitally as well as analog-ly. analogically. Analogically? No, that ain't it. That ain't it. Anyway, so I just wanted to get this out there catch up with you before that all happens. Uh, First things first, I just want to thank Amy from my Melbourne show. My Melbourne show was great. It was twice the size of my last show down in Melbourne. Uh, And during the Q&A, Amy asked me about the podcast and I was embarrassed. I'll be honest, I was embarrassed. I started a podcast. I've put it out quite subtly um, because... I'm not 100% ready to identify as a comedian with a podcast. That's it. That's the truth. So many people have one. So many of them are garbage. I wasn't quite ready to lump myself in with that group and I felt bad. I felt bad because Amy liked the podcast. She just had some questions about it and I tried to shut it down because I wasn't ready to walk into a room full of 170 fans being like, hello, my name's Daniel and I am a podcaster, but you know what? The feedback on this thing has been great. I really appreciate everybody who's had a listen so far. Um, so I'm going to own it. I'm going to own it from now on. You can bring it up. You see me in public. You see a red tracksuit walking through your suburb, your city driving past you in a car. It's probably me. Uh, if not, take a photo of him. chuck it on Instagram. Hashtag not Dan Muggleton. But if it's me... Mention the podcast. I'll be psyched that you're listening and I apologize for trying to brush it off earlier. I'd also like to thank Matt uh, who got in touch with me on Instagram saying maybe release it Sunday night, Monday morning. Huh? How do you feel about that? Little, little to start the week. You get me to kick things off. This is what I mean. I am nothing if not accessible. Other comedians, you got to go through their agents. You got to go through this. You got to go through that. If you hit up at Dan Muggleton on social media. If you email me, dan at danielmuggleton.com.au, I am who is replying. I'm an independent artist. I fucking love it that way. So if you want to get at me, get at me. It will be me who replies. Now, that was a big build up for what is going to be a short episode, I reckon, because I want to talk to you about the Socceroos. The Socceroos just got into the final 16. The, The last 16? I don't, know what, I don't know what the technical term is. In the, in the FIFA World Cup of Football, the men's FIFA World Cup of Football, uh, the Matildas, the Australian women's team, wouldn't be that surprising that they made it into the round of 16. But the Socceroos did it last night with a big victory over Denmark. You love that. You love sticking it to the Danes, that one city having piece of shit country. soccer. Uh, And it's also way easier to really root hard against Denmark because you know more about them. (laughs) Previously, we had to beat Tunisia. And I think I speak for a lot of Australians slash fans of football. I don't know Tunisia well enough to properly sledge them while we're playing them. Anyway, I want to talk about that because I think the Socceroos occupy a weird position in Australian sport. They're certainly a team that I always really feel the successes of Uh, And I want to kind of break down why. But before we get into that, let's go to the house band currently on an Australian tour. I just saw them in Sydney last night at the highway bar. Verticole, play us in. All right. That was Verticoli's Hits of the Summer. Go see them live. It's a good old time. I definitely aged myself at that concert because it was in a nice, tight little rock venue. And I had to stand near the back because I was worried about tinnitus. <laughs> That's where I'm at in this life now. I worry about permanent damage to my hearing. Anyway, the soccer ruse. I've had a pretty crazy few days in terms of travel and sleep. You know, I was down in Melbourne, then I was back in Gosford, and I flew into National for some reason. Has anyone else ever had that? Is that am I in a very unique position and that I was in Melbourne for two days, count it two days, maybe even less, maybe like 36 hours. and when I flew back to Sydney I flew with Jetstar. Ugh I flew with Jetstar and was flown internationally. I don't mean they just fucking ducked out into international waters and hooked back into Sydney. I mean, I had to go to the international terminal in Melbourne. I had to go through passport control despite not having a passport because I wasn't expecting to leave the country. And then I had to go through passport control on the way in in Sydney at Sydney International Airport, which is an entirely separate terminal. My wife was there to pick me up and she's like, where are you? And I'm like, I think I'm in fucking Terminal 1. I could have bought... I can't figure this out because there were duty-free stores. (laughs) There were duty-free stores at both ends. Would I have been allowed? Like, are they going to check that? I mean, I guess like I had like I had like a sticker being like, this man has not gone anywhere international. Don't worry about the passport. Maybe that would have precluded me uh, from also stocking up on some cheap one liter bottles of Hendrix gin. That's what you guys buy at Judy Free, right? Fuck, that is one thing I miss about smoking, aside from smoking, which is dope itself. But getting durries on the way through duty-free, just saving that amount of money and then handing them out like some kind of Norwegian benefiting from an exchange rate at the next social interaction where you're like, don't even worry about it. Yeah, it doesn't have a warning on the pack. Get stuck in. Oh, you felt like a king handing out durries you didn't pay tax on. Oh, durries are cigarettes for anyone who's not Australian and listening, by the way. So I flew international which was absolute chaos. Everything was delayed. It fucked my drive up to Gosford. Thank you for the people who came out of Gosford. Appreciate you, Gosford. I played a venue with a barricade uh, and asked them politely to take it down. They thought maybe people want to charge the stage. I felt pretty comfortable and confident they would not. Uh, but as one of the bar staff told me, the only thing people in Gosford are afraid of are fences. Uh, I disagree. I think they're also afraid of year 11. So have a crack at that. Now, um, the Socceroos, that's what I was getting to. I came back, I watched the Socceroos game against Tunisia in Melbourne. It was after my show. Just everybody kind of filtered out, started watching the TV and we, we got the one nil. Love a good one nil in football. Like one thing, cause I'm a big American sports guy. Let's just get into football just in case there are people who live in America. I was going to say outside of the Commonwealth. And I'm like, no, I think at this point, It's really only Americans and a very specific subset of Australians who think that soccer is bad. And you can usually tell because I call it soccer. That's, (laughs) it's basically a slur at this point, right? If you refer to football as soccer, then you probably don't like it. Like it's just one of those things. Um, So they don't like it because of the nil all draw, because of the one nil win, because of the low scoring nature of it. Now. I think that's kind of the beauty of it because, you know, like a blowout in football is 4-1. Like that was how Australia lost to France in the first game, 4-1. And I was like, wow, we got absolutely belted. Uh, We deserve to lose. France, obviously, the defending World Cup champions, incredible, phenomenal football team. So fast, so technical, so deadly. I was amazed we scored a goal at all, to be honest. And it could have been more than four that they scored. Let's be let's be real. So after that game, everyone in Australia is like, ah, we knew they were shit. Because that is a very specific aspect of the Australian men's football team. The thing that every Australian knows about the soccer roos is that they're shit. And that's rare. I think that's why it's interesting. Because generally if Australia competes in a sport, we're quite good. Like even in basketball, you know, typically an American sport, we've got a bunch of players in the NBA. We have a bunch of kind of future NBA players in the NBL or like previous NBA players in the NBL, like which is our basketball league. We, we've got a bronze medal at the Olympics. Uh, we've had some number one draft picks. Uh, I know that Ben Simmons probably isn't the greatest example of a number one draft pick, but he was an all-star He was an all-defensive player. Like, you know, he has had success. Like, Andrew Bogut, another number one Australian draft player, like, won championships with Golden State. Like, we have had genuine success there, like, overwhelming success. Whereas football, we've just never really cracked it. Like, there was just the T20 uh, Cricket World Cup in Australia. Uh, We were the defending champions of the T20 uh, World Cup. There was the Rugby League World Cup uh, in the last couple of months as well. We were, I don't think we were defending champions, but basically it's our trophy to lose. Like nobody else kind of succeeds in the same way as Australia at rugby league. You could say New Zealand holds a candle, but come on, state of origin, which is New South Wales versus Queensland is the highest level of rugby league. (laughs) It's like the same way that in, I don't know, NFL, like the pro bowl is like the highest level. Like I think, I think that they'd be like some of the two sports where like two teams within the one country is the highest level of the game with players almost exclusively from those countries. Like a state of origin, you have to be born in New South Wales to represent New South Wales. You have to be born in Queensland to represent Queensland, right? You get me? So basically we're used to winning. I think that's what I'm getting out of there. I'm a big sports guy. You guys might not know. Me, as a sports guy, I love sports. I watch a lot of sport. I follow a lot of American sports. So that's why I hear these things, Americans being like, ah, soccer, ah, it's no good. No, ah, geez, yeah, what a thrilling nil-all draw. Uh." It's like, yeah, bro, it is thrilling because any mistake at either end, any moment of magic can win or lose the game. It's very rare in other sports where just like one moment, And the game has completely changed. Like, you can win, you can lose based on that one moment, the way the ball bounces, a referee's call, like anything like that. Like, you can get that at the end of another sport, but to have it in football, like, it can happen, like, you know, early goal, like kind of what we did against Tunisia. It was an early goal by Australia in the first half, and then almost 70 minutes of hanging on. Like, that's a huge amount of tension. I assume that's why they let the flares off because they just need some kind of like, ah, fuck, time still passes, you know? I assume that's it. But anyway, that's, that's the thing about the ruse. And like, as you can tell by their nickname, um, clearly kind of came about at a time when Australia was still calling football soccer, um, which, which we did until, I'm going to say, 2005. I remember being at high school and there was always the soccer first which is like the best team at the school the first 11 of soccer and then it just kind of became football and then it started to be referred to as football in like the newsletter i went to one of those fancy schools we had a little newsletter uh and like yeah so there was just there was a clear branding change and i think it coincided with the soccerers making the world cup for the first time in like i think it was 30 years uh in 2006 that was my first kind of real football fan experience because i was 17 i think or maybe 16 when we qualified and then 17 when we competed um and it was awesome like it was just this australian team that had almost made it like we'd almost made the world cup like the previous two times we'd lost these overtime like away games in like iran like there was just these crazy losses and we're just like, ah, we just can't even make this tournament, you know? Cause we used to have to qualify through Oceania and then like the winner of Oceania would go against like, I think it was like the, the lowest team in South America, obviously South America being a very football heavy continent or like in the Middle East where like, you know, again, like just kind of more of a genuine interest in football than we have here. And so we just making it like we beat Uruguay, Uruguay, Won the first two World Cups, I'm pretty sure. Like a really good footballing nation. We beat them in a penalty shootout. It was like one of the great Australian sporting moments. There's this iconic piece of commentary uh, by Craig Foster, who is like our kind of forever football pundit, kind of like a Joe, Joe Buck uh, for the American guy. Just like, just kind of there. For, uh, Troy Aikman? Yeah, probably Troy Aikman's the better example. Just he's been there forever. He bloody loves it. He wanted Australia to be good so bad because when he played, like we never made it. Like it was just, it was such a huge thing for Australia to even make the World Cup. And we won. And he went so crazy. There's just, there's literally, if you watch the clip back, I highly recommend it. Soccer is Uruguay penalty shootout. Just look it up. And there's just. I would say in my head, it's two minutes, just two minutes straight of Craig Foster being like, just behind the microphone, just kind of like a step back from everybody else who's like trying to describe the moment, like trying to do their job as a commentator. Craig Foster's just removed, be like, Australia, it's unbelievable. Yeah, Australia, I can always see you, legit like, Australia. Like, just behind. <laughs> <laughs> Like underneath all these guys doing the job of a commentator, which is to describe what is actually occurring. It was awesome. It was just describing how he felt to himself as if nobody else was even in the room. So that was the kind of introduction. And then in that World Cup, we... Look, I'm not going to say we overachieved. We made it to the round of 16 again. I think that's the the highest we've ever gone in the men's. We beat Japan... In this amazing comeback game, like they were, they were one 0 up, and then we ended up scoring three goals, like right towards the end of the second half. It was incredible. Two to Tim Cahill, uh, Aloisi again. Uh, then I think we lost to Brazil. We played Brazil, and then I think it was this game against Croatia. Yeah, it was Croatia, where a lot of the Australian uh, footballers have Croatian heritage. Like some of them on the Croatian team were actually born in Australia. Uh, a lot of the Australian players were eligible to play for Croatia but chose to play for Australia. Like just a lot of kind of history and rivalry and they scored and then we had to get the draw to get through. And then like we, there was, oh, I th- it, it was like a guy got three uh, two yellow cards without being sent off. Like a guy actually got three yellow cards in the game. But, you know, usually it's one yellow, you're on a warning, second yellow is a red, off you go. He got three because the referee fucked up. There was this crazy, like, goalkeeping error by the Australian guy, meaning, like, the Croatian goal was there. Like, it was just absolute chaos, and we won. And we got through to the round of 16, and I'll never forget because I was getting into it. I had a jersey. It had Mark Viduka, the captain's name, on the back, some real Fairweather fan shit. But then we went down, it was me and my best mate and like a few other people. We we're all like 16. I think we we're all like drinking underage, you know, as you do, uh, combining, combining sports with misdemeanors. And we went down to circular Quay, which is right where, you know, in between the Harbour Bridge and the Opera House. And there's like a big screen and everyone's watching the game in the street. It was like this huge kind of event. Um, and we're watching and we're playing Italy and it's super tight, super tight game. I'm pretty sure nil all. Or it was one-all. It was basically same score the whole time. It was on the verge of going to extra time. Now, at some point, the reason... I think I've got a pretty good reason here why my memory is a little bit foggy. Uh, because at some point during, I think, either halftime or like just before halftime, uh, some other fans there just launched like a bottle and it hit me in the head. Just I was just randomly in the middle of the crowd. They weren't trying to hit me. They were just throwing a bottle. Um, why am I apologizing for their behavior? <laughs> I'm like, these aren't bad guys. They're just the kind of people who launch a bottle of beer, a glass bottle of beer into a crowd full of people, you know, scum. Um, so I got hit in the head with this bottle. I kind of had to get out of there cause I was a bit woozy, uh, a little bit woozy, but then, uh, I, I felt okay. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like I had like a concussion or anything. I wasn't bleeding. The bottle didn't smash, just kind of bounced off my head. um, And then my friend and I were like, oh man, I I can't go back in there. Like I I don't feel well enough for that. So we're just kind of walking around. He was very good to leave the game with me. And then we did something that we'd never previously been able to achieve. I think I was 17. He would have been 16. And we found a bar that was playing the game. And we just walked in. We were used Like we weren't like grown up looking. Du- you know, like some dudes kind of get the facial hair early and all that kind of stuff. No, no, no. We were definitely just kind of elongated children uh, and we just walked into this bar and everyone was just watching the game. The security guard's watching the game. So we start watching the game and we snuck in a bar, red hot. Because I think this must be easier in other countries because Australia, like security to get into the pub is pretty hardcore. There's usually like a guy at the door like these days there's like a scanner a lot of the time like they check everybody like it's not a chill experience especially in the sydney cbd famously an annoying place to get into bars and so we just kind of walk in i think i think we had the courage to go and order some drinks or we might have just lurked in the back (laughs) making it seem infinitely more obvious as children um Cause that, I I do find that so funny. Like as a proper grown up, you're like, Oh, like the only thing that ever I've worked in bars, I've worked in bottle shops. The only thing that ever gives someone away is being underage apart from just like an incredibly young face is their behavior. Like what they order, how they do it. Like if they're like overly friendly or any of that shit. And we were just definitely just kind of like kind of in the quarter, kind of watching out of the corner of her eye, kind of hide behind other people. Like if anybody was paying any attention or gave a shit, we would be kicked out of there in no time. But we're watching it. And we had the great coach who sitting. We always have a lot of uh, Dutch coaches in Australian football. Like that's... I don't have many kind of accents, but all I kind of got is like the Dutch coach after the game. be like, yes, we played We played well. We played well out there. And, uh, we're looking to build on the results next season. Like that's that's all I got. That's 100% of my accent work right there. It's like Pim bag. So yes, we, we liked our chances against Ghana. It becomes Sean Connery if I try to do it for too long and deviate from football. Anyway, we're in there. It's getting towards extra time. Italy's used all their subs. Italy with a far superior team, but we're hanging on. It's the golden generation of Australian footballers. We've got like Harry Kehl, who played for Liverpool during their Champions League win. We've got like Mark Viduca. We've got oh, there was a couple of other guys. I think Lucas Neal was in the Premier League as well, Craig Moore in the Premier League. We had Mark Schwarzer, who was, you know, like such a fantastic goalkeeper, like really reliable. Tim Cahill was kind of becoming, you know, he, he now would probably be considered the best. Australian football at least like most successful on the international stage but he was becoming that like we had like a really really good team and we were holding it with Italy and we were getting towards extra time they'd use their subs we hadn't used our subs it was all set for like we might be able to jag this thing and then there was a penalty to Italy with like two minutes going like the guy went down easy in the box it was kind of Lucas Neal's fault because you he, he went down. Like you went, he sl- like it was a it was a sliding tackle. Like he barely made contact with him. But once you hit the ground, they fall over you. That's penalty. And then Toddy, like the Italian midfielder, stepped up and just absolutely buried this penalty. Like top corner, unsavable. And we were just in the pub, like, no. <laughs> Cause like we were I think we were young enough to be like, this night is the start of the rest of our lives. You know, like the Socceroos are going to beat Italy. We're going to drink at the pub. We're going to keep drinking at the pub. We're going to go out and meet hot chicks and lose our virginity. <laughs> just, you know, just like the kind of last five minutes of a teen movie. Like everything is going to go right for us. And when I say lose my virginity, like my mate had a girlfriend and I think I'd already lost my, like, you know, these aren't real aspirations. I'm just saying, it just felt like everything was about to come up for us. And then just that penalty and it snatched it and it hurt like hell. I remember just that walk. Like we didn't even stay in the bar. Like we just snuck into a pub for the first time in our lives. We could have stayed there. We could have had a drink and commiserated. We were like 17 and 16, so I assume it was bourbon and coke. <laughs> do you have any cans of Woodford? Wait, not Woodford, Woodstock. Woodstock, just the fucking tall boy Australian bourbon and coke pre-mixed. Um, that's what we would have been on, ordering a beer and just kind of wincing as we drank it. Didn't even do that. We just left. Like, we were that devastated. I I was honestly more upset by the loss than getting hit in the head with a bottle that had clearly traveled like at least 10 meters you know like this was a a decent length throw um and we just kind of wandered through the city aimlessly you know really disliking italian people <laughs> i think that you know that's the one thing with any kind of world cup uh event where you where you're up against a whole country you know it's like country versus country it's just like somehow inherently in that competition you just start saying some shit about that as a whole. you know what i mean there's just this little bit of racism it's nothing serious you're not going to take it out on anybody but you just there's just that little bit of like you just you just say a swear word and then a nationality and you know you mean the football team but if you without context it could be somewhat problematic <laughs> You, yeah, I think I think everybody knows where I'm at. If you know sports, you just gotta you gotta hate when your team loses. You gotta hate something else because you can't hate them because you love them. You know, it's that simple. So we walk through, and I think we got like McDonald's to console ourselves. And we're just sitting in the gutter eating McDonald's, just devastated in our Australia shirts and all that shit. And this other guy we knew of being like, "Come on, boys, still a good night." And my my best mate Josh, who's just such a nice guy has known this guy since he was like seven. Like they went to primary school together. Their mums are friends, just looked up and said, fuck off. And then just went back down into his bag of chips. It was excellent. It was so good because yeah, he should have fucked off, right? We're trying to grieve here. We're not trying to have a night out. You fucking want to be. Don't ask whose name's on the back of my jersey. <laughs> so that's, that's, my introduction to football, if if you're Australian, I assume it was not particularly exciting. And if you're from overseas, like maybe that didn't really mean much to you. But like, it was just so thrilling to have this thing happen in my lifetime. We finally made the world cup, like the biggest sporting event in the world. It's bigger than the Olympics. Let's be honest. Like we made the world cup. We competed. We came close. We got robbed by the referee because of those fucking Italians. You see, you see how it happens. And then Italy actually won the World Cup. That was the year they won. Uh, had an incredible team. They won, and obviously that meant that if it wasn't for them cheating by diving at a penalty in the box, we would have won the we would have won the World Cup. So we basically won the World Cup in 2006, is what I'm saying for the proper one-eyed Australian supporter base. Um, but that was the introduction, and then it was kind of like shit. Will we ever qualify again? Will we ever qualify again for the World Cup? And in the time after that World Cup, before the next one, Australia moved from Oceania to Asia because despite arguments I've had with a surprising amount of people on this subject, we're in Asia. That's where we are. That's where Australia is. If it wasn't for the colonization and the flag and the the immigration and the language, nobody would question that Australia is part of Asia. It's on its own special little place. Anyway. We came through the Asian qualification, which was significantly easier because it meant that we got to avoid the people from South America so we could qualify. And we did. We qualified in 2012 and we kind of had some of the golden generation was still around. Cahill was probably in his prime. But, you know, we just we didn't quite have the same level of talent and we didn't make it out of the group stage in South Africa. And then the same thing in 2016 in Brazil. It was probably even just like a little bit worse. Um, not 2016. What am, I, what am I talking about? 2014. 2014 in Brazil. 2010 in South Africa. There we go. I'm got my ears right now. Sorry, that bottle. It was, you know, 16 years ago or whatever, but fuck it. It has, it has lingering effects when it comes to dates and football. So we're just, we're just kind of in decline. Like we, we won uh, the Asian cup, like, which is the, you know, Asian equivalent of the euros, uh, which was a great result, obviously. But in the world cup, we never made it out of the group stage again uh, in Russia we like just, it just never, it just, we just never looked like we were going to do it. And you're just watching it as a fan and you care and you're like, come on. But you just, you, you know, you know, you're in your heart of hearts. And then this world cup kind of seemed to be the pinnacle of that we really struggled through qualifying. Usually we had actually qualified for the world cup quite easily. Uh, But this time there was like a playoff. It was in Peru. You spoke to anybody. We were fucked. And then, we just kind of scraped. We just, we did it. We pulled it out. We did. There's a very unique thing about the socceroos as opposed to other Australian sports teams, I think, because we just, we just do have that kind of domination of the sports that we play in this country. Like for rugby union, probably being the exception now, but for, you know, we still won the World Cup in that, uh, and made the final in that kind of back to back years in the late 90s, early 2000s. But the one thing with the football team is we've never had the individual talent. We've never really had the team as superstars. We've barely had like a superstar in these teams. Yet, for some reason, they chuck on the jersey, they play as the soccer roos, and they perform greater than the sum of their parts. That's like a very unique thing to the Australian football team. But this year, it seemed like that was not going to make it anymore. You know, like everyone else advances, you kind of stay the same. Like, we seem like we've just kind of been this kind of okay ever since 2010. Like, the fact that we're making the World Cup was almost overachieving. And this is the time we're going to miss out. But we did it. We jagged it. We got through Peru. Then we got here. And you watch that first game against France. And you're like, holy shit, we're bad. We're so bad. Oh, my God. We're going to... Oh, Jesus Christ. We're going to get killed. Because, like, we're in the group. With France, Tunisia, I, I don't know their football team particularly well. Uh, but Denmark, Denmark is like a top 10 team in the world. And I'm like, well, we're getting crunched. Good on you. We've got to reset. Like, this is how you know Australian football isn't in exactly a strong place because they say through the commentary, they're like, this many people play in the A-League and that number is getting higher. <laughs> That's the Australian domestic football league and the number of people playing in it who represent Australia is getting higher and that makes me have my expectations get lower you know it's not a particularly strong league the more in there I'm like fuck we need to be playing in like the Premier League or at least the championship for the love of God we can't make a fucking German team like please like Bundesliga help us out like and we just we pulled it out we pulled it out against Tunisia kind of like not, not a lucky goal it was a great finish And then against Denmark, you know, waking up at 2 a.m., that's the other thing. I do think Australia gets a pretty raw deal generally with international sport because our time zone is so fucked. So if you want to support Australian football, you're doing it like weird ways. Like I woke up at 2 a.m., just kind of staggered out to the couch, did that. Like I think the games so far that we've been in have been at 9 p.m., 2 a.m., 6 a.m. I think another one was at 1? Like, it's all just the early hours of the night. A lot of the time you're watching it on your own or you've made a real effort to go somewhere to watch it. It's, it's quite a unique sporting experience in a country that is obsessed with sport. Like, I do think it occupies a very specific place. And, yeah, just it was thrilling. It was absolutely thrilling watching that game last night against Denmark Because for the first 20, 25 minutes, they were just all over us. They had like all the possession, all their passes were working. They were finding so much space down the both flanks. I was like, oh God, we're going to get killed. Why the fuck did I get up for this? And then after that, we just kind of turned it on. It was scrappy. It wasn't beautiful. It wasn't particularly technical. It was just effort. Effort and grind and grit and just this insane solo goal. Just this insane solo goal from Matthew Leggy. Like we'd had like a couple of chances here and there. We definitely look like the better side in the second half. But like he gets a ball. He runs on. He's got two defenders on him. Does a a little bit of razzle-dazzle. Finds a space. Gets past the keeper. They have a great keeper. Outside. Crazy. Just such an insane solo effort. And that's the thing about football. That's the difference in a win and a loss because we just needed to draw, right? If France won, we just needed to draw and we probably would have been fine. But France rests nine of their players, Tunisia score, suddenly we have to win and we just jag this incredible individual goal at like the 60th minute and then we just got 30 minutes to hang on. And like, sure, there might not be points happening on the screen, but there is fucking action everywhere, constantly. It is so stressful and it is such a joy when we come out ahead. You know, it's so good. just feels great. I don't know. Is that... I'm not quite sure what I was trying to achieve (laughs) in this. I just wanted to... I don't know. I, I think as like a sports guy, like I always struggle to really support a team. Like I, I follow the NBA quite closely. I follow the NFL very closely. I've got like two fantasy teams in the NFL. Like I'm a fucking dork when it comes to the NFL. I listen to podcasts about the NFL. I listen to more podcasts about the NFL than I do about stand up comedy. Like I'm into it, right? But I don't really have a team. Like I don't really have a team in those like. I, there, are, there are players that I like and there are people I hope will win, but I don't really care that much. Like the only sporting team that I really kind of feel in my heart is the Sydney Swans. Uh, they're an AFL team, Australian football, not to be confused with soccer football. Um, it's the game we play over here and nobody else, believe it or not. Again, Australia, very good at that game. Very good at it. And yeah, the Swans, when they win, when they lose, I feel that deep in the bones but yeah, with the Socceroos, they're just another one of those teams. Like I I really do kind of feel it. Like I'm not across it. I don't invest that much time in it. I don't know shit about the A-League. I never watch it. <laughs> I probably don't recommend watching it. Like I assume the quality has improved a bit, but ugh, still not a fan. Um, It's just the World Cup is great. It's just such a great sporting event. Obviously, this year being held in Qatar is just a fucking bin fire. Like, there's been so many issues about so many things. But FIFA knows just because the spectacle of the thing is so spectacular. There's no better word for it. The spectacle of the thing is so spectacular The fans can look over living in fucking tent cities. They can look over a lack of running water. They can look over no beers being served inside the stadium. They can look over just the blatant deaths of migrant workers to build stadiums that will never, ever, ever be used again once this World Cup is over because the Socceroos jagged the goal against Denmark and now they get to go play Argentina where we might just jag another goal. That's the thing. You talk to me. You're like, hey, Dan, who's winning Australia or Argentina? And I'm like, Argentina, of course. What are you, an idiot? They're an exceptional team. They've got Lionel Messi. Like, we're, we're fucked. But because it's football, because the margins are so slim, because the difference between winning and losing is so tight, we might win. It might happen just like this. They have an off day in front of goal. They make a rash challenge, lose a player. We jag a goal early. Our defensive structure sorts itself out and we just hang on for the most nail-biting, unenjoyable 70 minutes ever as we just get peppered by this vastly, technically, athletically, intellectually gifted team of Argentinian football fucking warriors. But we hold on because for some reason, when you get 11 footballers from Australia in the right jersey, they somehow play better football than they do with their clubs that they practice with week in, week out, year after year. I hope if you are on the fence about this World Cup, Uh, I hope if you have not been following, especially if your country is involved, like I know that I got some fans over there in America who can't seem to give a shit about the World Cup. You're in the round of 16 too, you ungrateful cunts. Give it a bash. Get stuck in. See how you go. I think you'll dig it. Just invest. Just be in there. Just appreciate for once on the sporting field your team sucks but they still might win. All right, I'm happy with that. Uh, I will chuck up my next episode Monday morning. I do believe let's do that. It'll be like Sunday night, Monday morning, uh, Australian time. As you probably figured out, episodes kind of come at you whenever they come at you. So subscribing, following, whatever, uh, however you do it on your preferred podcast listening platform, do that. So you know when they come out and if you feel like writing me a little review i won't say no and more importantly if you do see me at a show in the street i am daniel muggleton i do have a podcast you can bring it up go the soccer socceroos just don't ask me to name them not this year